Right now on Reality Check Radio, Monday morning, we are joined by one of the group Speak Up for Women's Spokeswoman, Suzanne Levy, who is here to, well, to, we'll talk about what happened on the 25th, how we got here, what actually happened, and where we've sort of ended up so far in the aftermath, both here and overseas, because it's reverberating around the world. Suzanne Levy, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Nice to hear from you this morning, and thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Paul. All right. Wow, where to start? <laughs> where to start? Uh, the first I really heard of Speak Up for Women in New Zealand was when Massey University gave you grief. And that's kind of years ago now. Just remind us what happened there, just to set it up so we can see where things were then and how we got to where we are now. Well, that's actually when I heard about Speak Up for Women as well. So it was a, a group set up uh, to to oppose and to discuss the birth, deaths and marriages legislation, which That's was right. going to uh, make it uh, easy to change your marker on your birth certificate without any kind of surgical or medical intervention. It's just a statutory declaration. So the group was formed to make sure that that legislation was well well discussed. Um, people knew about it, were able to, um, you know, have have their say, have their say on it. Um, and that, that's actually when I heard about Speak Up for Women because of the Massey event. So um, I read about it and thought, well, this looks kind of interesting. What if, Who are this group? And then I, I looked into the group and realised that they were far from being any sort of hate group, which was how they were sort of um, described. And that the views that they, that they held seemed to fit very closely with my own. Um, and I got involved as a supporter and over the um, the last year, I've become spokeswoman and on their their leadership leadership team. So obviously, the birth, deaths, and marriages legislation was passed, and it goes into law uh, in the middle of June this year. Mm. Um, Speak up for women were able with um, lobbying to have a clause uh, inserted in the legislation that, in effect means that all it is is a change to a birth certificate. Um, you're still allowed to um, establish somebody's sex in the same way that you always have. And if, if you think about it, it's very, very rare to actually have to use your birth certificate for that. It's yeah. I've, I've never had to use my birth certificate that way. So really it's it's turned the birth certificate into a into a vanity document, hmm. which which is great from a legal legal perspective. It means that you are still able to uh, provide single sex spaces under the the same guidelines in the Human Rights Act that you've always been able to use. Um, And, yeah, you're still allowed to look at somebody and say, well, you're a woman, you're a man, this is a a service for women, a service for men, whatever whatever the case may be. It's it's not just... Just for women, so uh, that that is still there. But in, in the um, in the meantime, what's been happening is that through through government and through policies and regulations and all sorts of things, the meaning of the word woman has just kind of changed um, to where, it, regardless of what it means legally, in so many policies, it's it really means anyone who identifies as a woman, which makes it quite meaningless. It's very difficult to. Uh, legislate, protect, lobby for a group that you can't define. So, so we're obviously still still busy 
And I think the things that uh, Kelly J was wanting to talk about, and more importantly, the woman of New Zealand who were going to rock up and speak, the things that they were wanting to talk about are the things that affect them, the things not just in the law but in life that have meant that being a woman isn't protected Um, because obviously how laws are applied and how how we actually live and, and what it's like day to day living as a woman and how how businesses and services and government agencies choose to treat women is more important than what the law actually says because the the human rights act doesn't enforce discrimination in cases where women need privacy and dignity it just allows us to to um to do it if we wish so if you for example if you're a um, a refuge or a rape crisis center and you wish to provide services exclusively for women legally you're allowed to but you don't have to so what we are sort of working with is working towards is making sure that people understand that they are still allowed to they are still allowed to say no a woman is an adult human female um, they're allowed to say a trans woman is a man um, they're allowed to say that a woman can't have a penis and a man can't have a vagina um, that you are actually allowed to say those things just because people don't want to hear them or they think that they're offensive to some doesn't mean that you can't say them and it doesn't mean that you can't behave in a way that respects those that position as in you can't you can have a rape crisis center that says no to men regardless of how those men might identify i can't believe we're we're debating (laughs) these things i really hearing you talk there i was thinking am i is this real um it certainly uh, isn't if you compare it to everything we've ever known before one thing i'm really interested to hear from you is this who is driving this? Is this a, a, some kind of male takeover of female? Because it is, you could say it's the ultimate misogyny. Actually. It, is the, it is the ultimate misogyny. This is misogyny. Well, but, exactly females are, but, but Suzanne, females are on the front line. I saw them in the videos of, of Saturday morning yeah. Albert Park. There were young women who were chanting cult-like. So who's driving this? I think... Fundamentally, um, do you think? The the cult the cult thing is is probably hitting the nail on the head. Um, right. Yeah, certainly we um, the, the way I see it is this is the the um, repercussions for for women saying no, women saying no to men. We say we don't we don't always want you in our spaces. We want to be able to do stuff without you. Um, <clears throat> we want to be able to talk about stuff. We want to we want to speak. Um, and you know, and as a lesbian, the the ultimate um, the ultimate thing that you can say is that um, that I can say is a man can't be a lesbian, and that's that's considered. Hang on there. <laughs> Wait on. No, sorry, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, that, no, that's fine. It's a ridiculous thing to have to even state. You know, I, I um. I, you know, came out in the early, early 90s and spent, you know, plenty of time being told by drunk men that they they too were, in fact, a lesbian. Um, 
and <laughs> oh, right. it wasn't particularly sort of funny. Pick up line or something. <laughs> well, well, no, it wasn't particularly funny then, and it's a, a, it's actually less funny now, even because they're serious. So, um, I do feel for young young women in that in that sort of space who are just wanting to be be lesbians or same sex attracted. So, um, but. I digress. What do I? Uh, the, well, you know, I was woman, um, asking, yeah, woman you know, who's driving line. this and everything. And, and and you mentioned, you know, men, but you know, every man I know that I hang out with th- thinks this is crazy. You know, they know. don't. And it, it, it is. It is great. There are lots of good men out there who. Well, who I'd say the majority. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. a very small. They, they can't work it out either. I I I cannot really explain why young women. Um, are so into this, they're so um, they they hate us, and I think actually what Posey Parker says or Kelly J says is that um, you may hate us, but you will be us. And yeah, when they what sort of grow up and 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 top out of the cult, and then they'll suddenly yeah, with a bit of reflection, and, and, might see where where they were heading. And it is a cult. It 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 has to be a cult. It has all of the trademark kind of attributes of a cult uh, but the scary thing suzanne sorry to jump in but the scary thing is this if it's a cult it's being supported and promoted and helped along by who would we we would consider the establishment oh i absolutely agree it is it's it's unbelievable and i think um one of the most difficult things we have is to actually talk about it which is why posy parker's visit was so important and it's in some ways, it's done the job because people are talking about it. And I think what we've had is a, a, a country of people thinking they had to be, um, that, that they were the only person thinking that this seems wrong. I don't I don't agree with that. I'm uncomfortable with this. But they weren't hearing anybody else say the same thing because people are scared to talk about it. So you had a whole lot of individuals individually thinking the same thing but unable to to connect. So what we've found since um, since Saturday is we have had so much contact and so much support is just unbelievable. The people out there who agree, who are, un- are uncomfortable, um, you know, people even people with children who are transgender, people without children who are transgender, all sorts of people, men, lots of men, lots of women, all different um, ages and backgrounds, and. I think they've had a bit of a guts full and they've been, you know, silence can, can't make ideas go away. It can just make it very difficult to get them out there. And I think um, it's kind of a, you know, free, freedom of free speech or freedom, freedom of expression, which is one of our rights in the Bill of Rights. Really, really simple. God and defend New Zealand. Speak. <laughs> free land, right? I'm trying to think of the yeah, words. something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> no, the um, not the national anthem, the Bill of Rights is slightly more important. Yeah, and you know the the freedom of expression, which is one of the rights, and also the freedom to peaceful assembly, and the right to peaceful assembly. But the freedom, the the right to freedom of expression, isn't just about being able to speak. It's a it's about being allowed to hear ideas as well. So, um. And that that means that I shouldn't be prohibited from listening to somebody 
who are having a way of listening to somebody. And I think, you know, in, in a democracy, you've got um, well, lots of things that are important, but you've got free, freedom of speech um, is one of them, but also there need to, need to be in a proper democracy, there needs to be opportunities for engagement because without those two things alongside each other, you end up with either um, the ability to say whatever the hell you like, but no one's listening, or um, no ability to say what you want, but with a, a wide audience. You need both of those things, or you need at least at least the the opportunity. And I think that's what was taken away on the weekend. The you know the um, the right to peaceful assembly, the right to um, freedom of expression. The people who turned up to listen to Posey Parker had a right to be able to hear her. Yeah, and let's remember who those people were, just women, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. all. That's all. And they all were right, going to so say things like, they were going to say things like, I don't want to see a, a man in the changing rooms at the swimming pool. I don't want my daughter in that situation. I don't think women should be, I don't think transgender women should be in women's prisons. I think don't think men or transgender women should be in rape shelters. Yes. They are the sorts of things they're going to say. And the, the other side, their argument seems to begin and end at trans woman or woman. It doesn't have a lot after that. It's, um, you know, we're accused of, of, of hate speech um, because they don't like what we're saying, which isn't what hate speech is, obviously. Um, and there's no, there's no room for dialogue because I think their, their arguments don't seem to really exist beyond trans woman or woman, which is a circular argument. It, it seems to me that uh, watching the footage, I wasn't there, though I know Albert Park well, every sort of square meter of it, so I could I could work out where everyone was, mm. and and you know and saw what they were doing. It was like watching kids having a big tantrum. Would, is that fair enough? And, and and that speaks to, I guess, it's like, it was like an adolescent trip. It was, but it was a. It felt to me like it was a tantrum that was almost state endorsed i think we had yes the prime minister the immigration minister all talk about this 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 vile abhorrent woman who despite our best efforts we can't keep out of the country um but we're letting her in because we have to and almost like well what will happen will happen and i think that's a really dangerous kind of situation to create especially for the for the woman and for um, Posey Parker herself to have to turn yeah. up to an event where the state have basically said, well, you know, almost, you know, by a, by a loophole or by, you know, we'd rather she wasn't here. I mean, what is that saying to people in terms of expectations of their behaviour? And it, it seemed like it, it, it sent the message that it was, you're in the right, anything goes. That's how it felt. Yeah, so that from that time, Massey University, you're getting interested into now. There's been a building intensity, obviously, to the energy level that we saw explode, if you want to use that word, or, or, or pour out at um, Albert Park. So that's what the media. You mentioned the, um, the the people in power, the politicians, the the political side of it, 
have been sort of ramping this up over time. They right. have, and they they report on fairly much, pretty much anybody who says anything that isn't that's maybe pro women's rights or wants to look at it from the other point of view as being anti-trans. Um, there's a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, hateful hateful speech. Um, I think the the young people in the in the rainbow community are basically told that there's there are all these people out there that hate them because. They don't agree with them, and I think that's really dangerous. It, it's because we we don't hate them; we just don't have the same opinion that they have, and we're not able to sit down and talk to them about it. We're just, um, you know, it's kind of it's like labelling somebody as, uh, you know, you know, we've got we've got Nazis, we've got bigots, we've got transphobes, we've got whatever, and it all becomes quite meaningless. Um, and you know, and again, hate hate speech is kind of meaningless as well because really, what they're saying about hate speech is a speech that you don't agree with. So you've you've got these kids who are sort of built up to think that that there's this whole part of society that hates them, that they're mm. which is which is awful, and it, it, it's sad. It, it's really sad. It would be um, it would be awful to think that, and it, and it simply isn't true. Um, you know, most of us are, are mothers of children that sort of age, you know, late teens and early 20s and, and younger. Um, we we can see, you know, we, we, are, we are safeguarders. We, we, are, we care about these kids. We can, we can see that it needs to be discussed. We need to be able to sit down and talk to people. We need to be able to debate things. We need to be able to sit around a table. We need to be able to have an opinion that doesn't, mean that we hate that person. Um, the whole hate speech aspect is interesting because um, you hear a lot about that from that particular side of politics, the left, I guess, the woke, the progressives. Hate speech is, you know, is, is violence, they say, and there doesn't seem to be a separation between, you know, hate speech and opinion. Uh, if you don't <laughs> like what you're hearing, it's not hate speech. They seem to be contradicting themselves. I saw a lot of angry mentions of TERFs mm. at that rally. Yeah. Now, by their definition, that is bloody hate speak. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, the way well, they say it, the way it defines yeah. the group, that that is, in my book, using their definition, mm. they're doing it. Well, by many, if you if you had a look at some of the signs, you there were a lot of them. Turf was not the worst word on the sign. It was, you know, accompanied by some other colourful language, which I won't put on your, um, on your no. radio but, show. But, but I know, know there are worse words, but the yeah. use of that that acronym um, and the way it's said, it's said. I've noticed with a lot of venom. Yeah, there is. There's a there's a website called Turf as a Slur, um, and it's got all sorts of examples of the way the way it's used. And you know, we kind of roll with it a little bit, and and. Personally, I would say, okay, what it stands for, for people who don't know, is uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So um, I would describe myself more as a MERF. I'm a male-exclusionary radical feminist, and that doesn't mean I exclude men from everything. It just means there are certain times when sex really matters. But does the word radical matter anymore, really? Well, I guess it makes the acronym. I mean, TIF sounds a bit silly, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. fly so well. But you know, yeah. be accurate in your 
definition. Um, oh, I don't. I don't think they're. Um, I don't think they're slaves to accuracy. So, no. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, I would say it's not because it's not because they're trans. It's because they're men. You know, so that that's it's as simple as that. And it's not in every situation. It's in the situations where, you know. I think on our website it says, you know, there are lots of times when sex doesn't matter, but when it does matter, it really matters. And, you know, nothing's nothing's really changed over the last however many years to mean that sex doesn't matter. So the, the, the spaces and places and services and what have you that are allowed to be designated just for women are still needed. The, the violence rates... Um, against women by men are still really, really, really high. In fact, I don't think they've got any lower. So um, to us, it's a matter of is a space that has a man in it, then it's not a woman's space. And it doesn't matter how that man identifies. Well, I've brought up three daughters and they've grown up now, so they're not really facing this. But I'm telling you, and I speak for a lot of men, if there was a male in their changing rooms, and I knew about it. You're going out, mate. Mm. You're yeah. not staying there. And if you're not going to leave, you will leave. Mm. Well, we we advocate for spaces where people can be safe. So um, one of those spaces is female-only spaces. There are, mm. you know, obviously spaces, third spaces, gender-neutral spaces that, and we are, we're all for that. Um, yeah, but they're obvious. Those spaces, the ones we're yeah. talking about are obvious. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. So, so I, I, do, obvious. I, I can understand why somebody who, um, a male who considered themselves a woman might not want to go into a man's changing room at the swimming pool. Um, I can un- absolutely understand that, but it doesn't mean that I think that he should be in the woman's changing room. Well, I you go outside, are, put and, the towel around and do what you do at the beach and, and well, there, change there, that way. There are family cha- There are lots of different changing room options at lots mm. of places now. There's no need to use an exclusively female. Um, unless you want to be in the face of people. Unless, unless you you're want... getting something more from that experience. Um, yeah, validation, and that and that's the issue because um, it, yeah, it's it, it comes down to women being used to validate their experiences as a transgender woman. So let's go to the morning of the 25th now. So Posey Parker arrives in town. I believe she was questioned at the airport, uh, some say for a couple of hours. Yeah, I don't she know how long been. that was. I okay. think it was well, why would, why would there have been a, a need for that? Well, exactly. I mean, it, given that you would have thought all of the questions over her right to enter the country would have been sorted out in the high court the morning before. And I think we all know that they were. Uh, so why the customs or immigration officials took it upon themselves to um, talk to her for a couple of hours? I don't. I don't know. A couple again, of hours. But again, the you know that that's when you've got your prime minister and your immigration minister talking about this woman as being vile and abhorrent, and we'd rather she wasn't in the country. Then what are you saying to your public servants who are, are dealing? But doesn't with her? the memo go out, Suzanne? Like, okay, the High Court have made their decision. She's coming. Okay, just is that, like is, anyone else now. Is that the memo that the media put out? Is that the memo that, no, that our immigration minister put out? It's not. Yeah. So, um, so so that that is that is the issue. She it, it's like she was she was led into the country, 
um, but it was made so abundantly clear that she wasn't supported. And it, it looks like it even went that far with the, with the police. The police didn't seem to step in um, at Albert Park. And I'm so sure there was you, a, I mean, you read about that and seen that as well. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk yeah. about that. So, yeah. that, so it was like um, setting up an environment of intimidation from, from the moment of arrival to knock her off centre or something like that, off balance. Well, it's kind of like the, the messages that were coming through consistently that she was anti-trans, that she was had Nazi affiliations, um, all of that kind of stuff, which it, it gives people, it, it validates their their actions. They think that they're on the right side. They think that. Yeah, but no one off. knows, Suzanne, if those oh. Nazis were play actors. I mean, they might not have been, but I've seen no information that really nails in who actually they were. It would be so easy to dress a few people up, throw them in. There's only a few of them. And, and suddenly you've got the news but, bite of the Nazis being there. Whether they were Nazis or or not Nazis, they were they weren't invited by Posey Parker. They turned up. You can't you can't blame her for who turns up to her no. events. So no. you can't. She she's made it abundantly clear on many occasions that she's not a Nazi. <laughs> not that not that oh, one should have to. Uh, to, um, I'm not either, by the way. No, no, no. Well, I hope I'm, you're not. I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not. As it happens, definitely not. But um, it's all too convenient. That's asking. why I made that point. It's all too convenient because yeah. it, they know that you associate that, you know, philosophy or whatever it is, political philosophy, with someone, and it's, you know, they've taken a hit basically. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, obviously, Nazi has its own special, special meaning. Um, but it's it's joining a long line of, of slurs that are basically saying, shut up, shut up, woman. No, the, the word is yeah. just enough to create that genocidal thought in people's mind. They won't go any further than that. Hmm. Bad people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and it, it's like it's giving, um, if that person is, is a Nazi, then anything goes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should be out there telling them to go home and you feel yeah. good about that, you're, you're doing something right. Yeah. Okay, so the event begins. She arrives uh, after the two-hour interrogation struggle session at the airport. Who knows what happened that was there? The night, that was the night before. Oh, the yeah. night before. Okay, yeah. all right. Didn't she say she got a note under the door too? Uh, she also had her um, her hotel cancelled. Oh, gosh, that's right. So yeah. I think she obviously found alternative accommodation. Um, Boy, you know who yeah, your friends are. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, no, apparently there was a note under the roll. I'm not sure. I don't know anything about that. Well, I did hear it, yeah. Well, that added to the stress for her, obviously. So she arrives, and the first thing you notice and the first thing people have been saying is no police. No. Hardly any. And with the ramp up of emotions and everything that was obvious, that something was coming to a head, mm. where were they? Yeah, do, do I, can't, I, I can't believe that they I, no, I, can't, I mean, I can't believe that they didn't strategize, that they they had they had information. They knew what had happened in Melbourne and Hobart, and they saw how the police handled it in Canberra. Um, and they knew, they must have known that they would they would be needed. They knew that they had a a riled up crowd who were thought that they were welcoming a Nazi. Um, so it's ludicrous that they didn't have more of a presence and that they didn't step in. So that's either willful incompetence or that was 
what <laughs> something that they because here's the thing if that was willful they were willing to risk people's safety and even possibly lives i can't get my head around that no i i can't really either and it's kind of you know it comes back to freedom of expression in a in a democracy and you know the police's role in keeping keeping us safe and they shouldn't be making judgments on on who's more worthy of being kept safe. Um, and they were by doing that, they were relying on people there to contain potentially an explosive situation, yeah. which again puts people in in danger. Do you think that they didn't realize it could kick off quite like it started I, I, to? I don't accept that. I think if they'd seen um, footage from Melbourne and Hobart, they all all they needed to do was form some sort of barrier. So, it, I think from the footage I saw, um, there was a kind of weak metal barrier. Um, very weak. Very weak. Just just really just some sort of things that could be obviously quite easily pushed over. And I think of that tied, tied a, with a little ribbon thing actually in the middle. Yeah. I noticed. <laughs> really, I didn't see that, but. Yeah, yeah, well, some flimsy yeah. something, anyway. Yeah. And, yeah, all they needed was a, a line of police in that in that area, and it would have been quite different. I'm sure it would have been incredibly noisy, and it would have been really hard for the woman to speak and to be heard, but they would have been speaking, and they would have been safe. And I think they had a right to be safe. They had a right to speak. The way it works is that the – Posey Parker introduces it. She um, typically only talks for a couple of minutes, and then it's a it's an open mic thing. And there are two mics. There's the one that's attached to the um, the audio system at the site, and then there's another one that's attached um, to a live stream. So mm-hmm. even if you're speaking um, and you can't hear yourself because it's so loud, you can be heard on the live stream because it's a little lapel mic and it's you know, it's sort of a little bit more effective and it's just going straight into the into the live stream. So, um, and, and that, you can see that in Hobart because whilst obviously anyone there could barely hear themselves think, you could still hear what they're saying through the live stream. And we could have had a similar thing here and women could have, could have had a chance to speak and it would have been fantastic. And I know, I think they got 150, 200 women turn up or supporters turn up. Um, which I think is amazing given they must have known that they were going to be walking into a, for want of a better word, a shit show. Yeah, but not maybe not so much of as it turned out to be a big I, show. I think they expected that the police would mm. would hold that line. Yeah. I um, I can't believe the police can't couldn't have strategized and had a look at the footage from the previous, from Australia. Well, I've seen parties with more police outside than that. Just, you know, reg- regular parties that have got a little out of control, more than oh, I saw there. I was at a, um, a thing at, in Wellington last night, which was a, a human rights um, hui, and there were policemen there, or a policewoman and a policeman. You know, they managed mm. two, two of them for maybe 50 people. So remarkable. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I know you weren't actually at... The venue at the time you were watching, like I was, I was watching Posey Parker's Kelly J. Keen's live feed. 
Wow, that was amazing to watch. It kept stopping and buffering, but boy, I couldn't take uh, my eyes off it. And I was thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? So what have you heard about uh, her arrival and how long did it take before someone ran out of that baying mob with the bottle of tomato juice? That must have got a by super surprise. Yeah, and I, I think um, that person was inside, um, had kind of infiltrated and... Yeah, and, and then basically after the tomato juice incident, I think it all it was almost a you wonder if it was a sort of signal, and they just barged through the barriers, right. and it was all it was all on. Yeah, I guess crowd yeah. dynamics would suggest that you know once yeah. once you get to a tipping point, it yeah. can be all on. And yeah. of course, no one had any idea first off what was in that concoction. Could have been no. anything. Mm. Yeah, so that's reckless for a, for a, a British activist in particular who. And you know, there've been incidents of Britain and Britain of acid and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she was absolutely terrified. She's five foot one, you know. Yeah, I know. How much of her? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Uh, and the security seemed—I mean, it sort of did its job, but that looked a bit thin on the ground. I believe there was an issue there too, was there? Well, I think they were—they were overwhelmed, and it was basically a big sort of crush, and they sort of surrounded and pulled um, along with help from women who were there too, who were amazing and got her through, through the crowd. Um, and once they got her out, the police kind of formed a, um, a ridiculous looking barrier around her. It was uh, like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We're coming out. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But Am basically after, after she was already out, she's already out yeah. and able to, you know, there's a bit more space and you've got this kind of, I don't know, maybe, suddenly 12 or 16 cops walking around her to the car and got her in the car and was like, where were you? Where were you 20 minutes ago? Yeah. Um, and then the, the interesting thing, and, and as I said, I wasn't there, so this is just, you know. Uh, Anecdotal. What other, yeah, what other people have said is that the police didn't, once, they, once um, Posey Parker got in the police car, with presumably one other, uh, one police officer, or maybe two police officers. Well, there's somebody driving, that's for sure. Somebody, presumably somebody was driving. I mean, we yeah. maybe we're being presumptuous. I don't know, but let's let's yeah. say there's someone driving, um, and she was in the car with a security car security guard. The police did not go back to the rotunda and help the woman in there. Oh, so they just that that was it. That was it. Oh, jeez, I didn't yeah, know that. Which. Um, yeah, and I know some of those women, and I think they they at that point needed needed help. They were basically sort of trapped in a crush of marooned, stranded. Yeah, yeah. and scary because really, really scary. They yeah. must have sensed the group must have sensed. Hey, we've managed to kick her out. Now we're now we're cooking. Yeah, well, it just it just filled the yeah filled the fire. Just gave them you know that they were they were winning, weren't they? They were on the. Their peaceful demonstration mm. was was winning. And, yeah. So she's run out of town. Effectively, she cancels the Wellington event, which you would have been looking forward to because you would have been there, I'm sure. Yeah, I would have been um, there. Yeah. So 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 she heads to the airport, and she was out of the country pretty quick. Actually, the next flight kind of thing. I wonder if they interrogated her on the way out. Oh, look, who knows? Who knows what uh, what happened? Um, I think she went to the police station initially 
established that there was no way she could be safe in Wellington. And, and yeah, yeah, got on. Why, why, why was there no way she could be safe? Is that the police saying that? I think the security, well, the the security guards, I imagine, would have been, you know, like, like you and I, they would have been assuming that there would have been some help from the police in terms of the. the, the Oh, so they're wondering, can we rely, can we rely on the police? Yeah, and the security guards weren't prepared to do it again, I don't think. I wouldn't have been. Okay. Usually the, um, the you know, the orange day glow vest is enough to <laughs> repel, uh, but it obviously didn't work. All right, so she left the country, and then, and then the next bit happens. You could clearly see, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that the overreach of the protesters, let's call it that, had them in a euphoric state. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They did appear that way. Yeah, they were really salivating on it. They thought they'd had a great victory. Is is what yeah. I? They they about. could not could not see that what they had basically done was was a vicious attack on a group of people, and they literally run someone out of town by yeah, threatening. like the old western. Yeah, mm. <laughs> this town ain't big enough for <laughs> for the yeah exactly yeah. And then the aftermath, and it's been really fascinating to watch the aftermath. Let, let's go back to a comment you made earlier first, that our media was defining Posey Parker as anti-trans activist. Or I, I think that was the... Uh, uh, yeah, anti-trans campaigner. and anti- yeah, all, all those things. Whatever, whatever. Anti-trans yeah, being the words. All the way. Absolutely. Uh, there was never anything, and I watched her stuff at Melbourne, again, curious, knew that it was coming. And I see the format that you talked about. That, that happened there. Two women were getting up, though. Someone tried to grab the mic at one one point. Yeah, oh, they did. Yeah. Um, she's never, I, I have never heard her or any other people um, who are supporting what she says ever say anything that's actually specifically anti-trans. So here you've got the media using yeah. um, these words, which have no um, sourcing, there's no attribution. <laughs> you know, they didn't say that she said she was, and that, again, is it's nasty. It's, it's silencing women. She's a women's rights campaigner. Yeah. I'm, a woman's, I'm a woman's rights campaigner. Now, just, you know, we, we have had basically a media blackout on what we do for the last couple of years. How do you explain uh, we, that? Because a lot of the media are women. I can't explain it. I, it's, it's, it seems to be a woke epidemic. It's people being kind and inclusive and not seeing oh. and not seeing the effect that that has on um, on women. And, you know, do you think New Zealanders through... are too polite, Suzanne? Do you think they're too polite? Think... They're so lacking courage to actually get up and say, well, hang on here, this ain't I, right. I think we're naturally, we are naturally kind, people are naturally kind and inclusive, and women in particular, probably to their, to their detriment in some ways. I think um, they, they're told that, you know, one group is the most marginalised group. We're still told that all the time. This is, these are the most marginalised people amongst us. Um and young young women seem to to lap that up. They want to help people who are less fortunate than themselves, and they universities, they feel like, yeah, universities, I, anybody, yeah, um, 
because it would fit with the generation and age, wouldn't it? I think so. I, I mean, I can't. There, there's so many different things at play. There's the, um, you know, there, there's there have always been women who've treated men a certain way, and it's never made sense. It, you know, and I, mm. um, the way some mothers treat their sons versus their daughters. Um, I'm, you know, quite glad I didn't have brothers. So, um, because <laughs> I've seen the most most rational, sensible, feminist women treat their sons so differently than their daughters, and it's and it, I've never really been able to figure out what it is. It, it's quite it's quite bizarre. There's I'm sure people have theories on it, and I have some strange theories on it which I won't share with you. But um, yeah, yeah, another day. It, Another day. It is, it is quite quite another interview. Another another interview. Another <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, but the, but they also the, the media reporting using those words yeah. doubled down after the event when when someone weird. with a bit of rationality and a bit of life experience could see after an event like this. Oh, wait on. Okay. We need to bring we need to bring it down a bit, you know. Well, uh, we don't want this, but no, they doubled down. They keep on hammering it and hammering it. They did, and the interesting thing was that after having, you know, we we have sent media releases out to all of the um, mainstream media channels and programs, etc., over the years, and we never get anything back. Never ever don't get a squeak. And suddenly they knew how to get hold of us, and were. You know, we put out we put out a press release to do with a couple of press releases to do with Posey's visit. One, um, one before she spoke, and then another one, I think, on the sun on a Saturday afternoon after the um, after the event. And we've had media all over us. So interestingly, I've had before her event, I had a conversation with a um, TV one journalist. I talked to him for about 25 minutes and we had a really good chat and he did not report a single word I said. And I think all I could, all I could think is that I didn't say anything transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> and no I news. Think, no news. There's nothing to see oh, here. Yeah. Um, I think he wanted me to say horrible things about. Did, did he question you in a way to sort of bait you into saying something? Just, just um, curious. He not not particularly. He was quite pleasant to talk to. I had no issues speaking with him, hmm. and I, you know, I certainly had a chance to say what our position was. But I, I just think our position just doesn't suit the narrative. We, you know, we're 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 meant to be a, a hate group that is anti-trans and. Um. The thing is, I find it I find it very very easy to talk about. It's not there, there are no gotchas because I don't I'm not anti-trans. I'm a woman's rights activist. So, um, you know, and if I if, if I say what I actually think and what I feel, then it, it's it's not going to offend people. Well, uh, well, okay, it might offend people who would want to hear that as being anti-trans, but. It's pretty sensible stuff. It's just like outrageous statements like I've already made, and I'll say it again, that a man cannot be a lesbian. Well, we can't have that um, published, uh, Suzanne. I'm well, sorry. No, we actually can't, Paul, because I, you know. It doesn't fit what we want to say, fit. and I'm sorry. Thanks for your time. And I I, I think that if, if mainstream media did publish that the, um, 
spokeswoman for Speak Up for Women said that a man cannot be a lesbian, that they would probably find that most people agreed that, in fact, a man cannot be a lesbian. They'd probably say we've fact-checked it and it's still to be decided or something like that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, All right, so, I, so I think it was, and I had, I did have, I, I spoke to him, I spoke to um, a couple of others. Yeah. Um, and same sort of thing. Eventually I I, I did have a um, an interview with Kim Hill the other morning. Oh, how did that go? That, that was okay. That was, yeah. I was, yeah. I, she didn't try and nail you to the war with a nail gun? Um, no, I, di- I didn't find it. I didn't find it too bad, actually. It was wow. a bit of baptism by fire, but yeah. Um, no, it was it was okay, and I, I did get to say that trans women are men on um, national radio. So, I was, well done. Uh, yeah. So I could hear wow. the sharp intake of breath after I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and they went off air for a minute, did they? <laughs> Yeah. All the transmitters overheated. It did, right. yeah. The, the Broadcasting Standards Authority was wasn't was probably involved, but um, so it it is interesting that uh, they're finding out about our group. And you know, we've been asked, "Are you are you fundamentalist Christians?" And it's like, well, no, no, I'm a, a, um, a Jewish atheist lesbian. So you know, do what you like with that. Wait on, wait on. That doesn't fit. <laughs> Come on, we didn't even have that as an option. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Look, um, yeah. the, the thing that's happened now is obviously we're 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 in a bit of a spin about it here, and that's gone all week actually. And if you look at the social media here, what people are saying, it's all over the show. Um, but one of the fascinating things is the way it's being reported internationally. Mm. It's been on Tucker Carlson on Fox News in America. He's got the biggest news slash current affairs audience in the states. Um, uh, Posey Park has already been on GB News a few times. Mm. They are one of the bigger news stations now in the UK. And so it goes on. It's been reported all around the world. And here are poor Kiwis who thought that we were sort of, you know, first world and uh, enlightened and, you know, gave women the vote and everything like that. Uh, For most of us who are proud of all of that and uh, having a problem with all this, we're seeing our reputation go down the bloody toilet. Absolutely. I mean, there was a um, an event outside New Zealand House in London, I think, two days ago, um, yep. where a group of women protested it, but they read out the speeches that women like you could. Oh, you wow. could it was really yep. cool. Like you could send, you could just send what you were going to say to an email address, and they sent, and they read them out. And so they to be heard, they had to be heard twelve thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The support over there has been been huge, but the support from New, within New Zealand is what has amazed me. Um, oh, so how do you gauge that then? Well, just just because the number of emails that we've that we've received, right. just hundreds. Yeah, yeah, and we've had we've had two two emails that I've just deleted that weren't that, and they weren't even particularly unpleasant. They were just a bit stupid, and it was like, well, don't know what to do with that, so I deleted it. The rest of them were you know, incredibly supportive and saying, we're so glad we found you. Um, I thought it was the only person who felt like this, um, you know. Boy, where have you been? How can we help? Be where have you been? Say that. Yeah. Back to them. Where the, have you the, been? The media have made it very difficult for um, people to yeah. people to realise that the, the 
groups that they're saying are anti-trans are actually just normal people um, who probably think... Who aren't anti-trans but but want those basic spaces and recognition of women-specific dignity, privacy, everything like that, respected. Yeah, and in sports we don't think that, that, um, you know, that men should be playing in women's sports. And and most of oh, these don't think that either. You know? Well, oh, I'd forgotten we, about that. There's that yeah, too. A, and we don't think that, that children should be put through hormone treatment um until oh. you know they should that should be something that adults decide. How crazy is that? Think, we don't think that you can be born in the wrong body and we don't think that you should tell a child that. I think there's there's no way back from that for a child if they're told that. How do you roll that back? How do you so the real hate speech is coming from the media, actually, if you want to, again, define it by how it's defined by the progressive left. They're engaged in that, so let's be clear about that. Have, well, I'm sorry? Well, I was going to say that, I mean, the problem with hate speech is that um, who de- who defines it? Like who? Well, I'm defining it right now by the progressive left's measure, if it was going the other way, would be called hate speech. Yeah, yeah. That's, Which that's is why right. hate speech is such a, such a slippery yeah. slope. Because who owns the definition of it? We don't want to go there with hate speech. No. Yeah. As, as Rodney Hyde says, somebody's one person's hate speech is another person's truth. So I don't know how yeah. you can get around yeah. around that. Yeah. Um, could could we assess then what happened in the weekend, even though it was very uncomfortable, it was a bad look, people felt scared and threatened, and some were hurt because I, I heard of a an elderly woman who was actually punched in the head while sitting in a bloody wheelchair. So, you know, that's... That's that's where it got to. Yeah, and it could have got worse, but in in a rough and ready sort of way, it has outed these people. They have shown themselves full face, and that might not be so good for their cause. No, I I agree. It hasn't shown them in a good light. They would uh, never have come out like that before. Yeah, because what it does is it brings it to a sort of crescendo. I think, I mean, I I realize now how how intense, how crazy this has actually got. It was all sort of talk before. We saw it going to the level of physical violence. Mm. And and it's good to know that now, not later, right? Oh, no, no definitely. And I think um, women are taking notice and they're saying, who are the people that are standing up for us and letting us speak? And who are the, who are the politicians that clearly just really hate women? You know, and so, so it's as plain as that. They well, because they'd it, say, "Oh, it, my, certainly, God, certainly no, my mother's a woman." Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think some of my best they, friends are women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, look, it's um, but as a as a society, we can either respect and protect women, or we can not. And you know, if you looked at if you looked at um, Saturday as an example, um, that wasn't just the people storming the barricade mm. and pushing through that were showing a hatred for women. It was it was bigger than that. And you know, uh, in, any any policy, any government policy that won't define woman as an adult human female is misogynistic. It's um, and they're, they're right through, it's right through our legislation or right through our policies, I should say. So I, I think women have probably had enough of it. I, I don't blame you. Mm. 
I've had enough of it, actually. Um, and many people I know have had a guts full of it. And and this is what happens when you force the function, press too hard. You're asking for a, a backlash. And it might not be that tolerant, depending on how far you push it. So be careful. So with the politicians, uh, it's an election year. Um, yeah. National, it looked like they were going to sleepwalk to victory. Not so much now because Chippy and, and, and the team have sort of bumped back up again. I've only hit, seen him, and I could have missed something, referencing Marama Davidson's comments as the thing that got him about cis white men. I don't see, I haven't, I could have missed it, but I haven't seen any really strong comments about what happened to women on Saturday morning. It well, seems, he, I guess he, the point he, I'm making, they're sort of dancing carefully around around it. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. He, I think um, Chris Hipkins did say something about. No, I'm talking about Christopher Luxon, sorry. Oh, Chris, um, oh sorry. Um, with, with, with an opportunity to, to pull in the votes, he seems to, to, to be missing the mark, but okay, and we can talk about. Uh, um, I'd say, yeah, Chris Luxon has certainly come out in favour of free speech, but not. Yeah, what's all that? But I, I think he was still sort of saying, you know, you don't have to. It doesn't agree with with her views. Yeah, but and there's no without actually you know, saying what no those views are. Support for women. No, no support for women. No. And it seems to me that you need to have the female voter in a particular demographic, really, to on board if you're to have a political. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of women who are um, probably like me, just feel pretty politically homeless. I've, I've traditionally been a Labour supporter, um, yep. and it's quite quite typical for our group, I suppose. Yeah, so we're, we're non non. Non-partisan, so it's, it's it's not we're not politically motivated or anything, but you know, just um, anecdotally, we're a mixture, but probably more left-wing. Um, yeah. And yeah, lots of people are, are quite politically homeless. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of hard to hard to vote for a, a party that put through has put through so much legislation that um, is is anti-woman, I suppose. And only a week or two before that, the Prime Minister was proudly displaying his credentials, but they only seem to go so far. I know he's come out and said that, you know, the comments that you referred to, but still, you, you wonder where the guy sits. Well, he did say that he would have um, he would have been happy to be at the protest, supporting the protesters. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. He said, "Yeah, he said something about supporting the the rainbow community." I mean, the the, the funny thing is that you know, I used to, I'm part of the rainbow community. Lots of the women talking and wanting to talk on Saturday are part of the rainbow community. Seems to be a different rainbow community. Well, Rachel Stewart told me a, a week ago that 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 you want a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> a divorce. Yeah, well, so, I think do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, time for a divorce. It seems to be different different wants and needs and what have you. I guess the point I'm making is you can't rely on the the political establishment. And if if they saw if they thought they saw an advantage in speaking up really loudly about this politically, they'd they'd take it, wouldn't they? Well, you would think so, and it, and it has kind of surprised me that that national haven't. Um, it's we've certainly given them plenty of opportunities to. We've given all the politicians plenty of opportunity to to speak up, and it you know 
it comes pretty much comes back trans woman or woman. I think act of act have come out with some more sensible statements around um, the whole sort of gender critical situation, um, but you know that's uh, remains to be seen. All so, right, so yeah, yeah, just over a week on. So where where are we at? Do you think where where's how's this thing going to roll? Do you think from here? Will it just sort of fade off? We don't or want. Do we're not going to. We're not going to let it fade off. So we want to run some events. Um, let get women out there. Went to this the the human rights thing I was at last night was really interesting because it was a a hui on the some review they do of the um, human rights thing every four years. Oh, was it? Were they strong enough? I forgot to robe the Human Rights Commission and I think they made some sort of statement. Paul Hunt, isn't it? Oh, but, no, I mean, Paul has said some terrible things about about us in the past. Oh, yeah, so I thought he, he was the Human Rights Commissioner. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the, the interesting thing was at this, at this hui on human rights, yep. it, it turned into a Let Women Speak event. Um, oh. So, you know, I was there with some other Speak Up for Women women and there were a few there and um, the first few speakers who some of whom I'd never seen before, completely random people, but women, and got up and started talking about how women need to be able to speak. And it was fantastic. And I think women have had a gutsful. And we'll see it. I think they'll 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 speak up. I've got a a t shirt you can see it, Paul, but no one else can. And it says Yeah, I can see it. Woman, woman adult what, human yeah, female. And all- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, be and, careful wearing that. Well, I, I've I've been wearing it for quite a while. But. Have the jacket ready, <laughs> <laughs> just but, for your own safety. But people actually, like, I, I've I've um, been wearing them for a couple of years actually, but just in the last last week or so, um, people have been commenting on it. Often. Yeah. And, well, that, and, and that means it's out in the consciousness of people far more widely than it was. And this is why I said before, maybe the even though it was unpleasant, a favour has been done unwittingly by that that group, that cult, whatever you want to call them. Cult, yeah. Uh, the strategic era there, man. But okay. I, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. All right, it's been really interesting talking with you. Thanks for making a bit of extended time, as it turned out. Hmm. I think our listeners would have really appreciated hearing, you know, those perspectives and sort of going through, you know, the time span of, how we arrived here really interesting and all the best for your future events and and hopefully we'll catch up again i'm sure we will um as things develop all the best with your future activities suzanne levy who is the spokeswoman one of the spokeswomen for speak up for woman thanks for coming on reality check radio thanks for having me on paul